Sportsgasmic. Yeah, there we go. That's a great way yeah, to start. Sportsgasmic. <laughs> the Sportsgasmic pod. Here with Shay again. I'm going to talk some round ball footy this time. Uh, you're wearing a beautiful jersey uh, for the occasion. So. Yeah, a little Wobi Nigerian yeah. uh, jersey. Maybe one of the coolest kids I've seen internationally in quite a while. Yeah, it is unreal. I mean, um, the pod is obviously an audio medium, so... Uh, talking about a beautiful kit on on the on the medium is a uh, somewhat uh, just stupid, but <laughs> we can tweet Every, it out with the pod. Everyone knows, yeah, everyone knows the uh, the kit. So, um, and if you don't look it up, and you'll you'll know why we're just frothing about it at the moment. So, <laughs> um, something that's not so frothy and happy is uh, just to get straight into it. Um, we're obviously talking footy. Um, and one of the footy things we talk about is the MLS. And unfortunately, the MLS isn't just about uh, the on-the-field stuff at the moment, but the real battle in the MLS is in the stands, um, which our Timbers have very much been at the forefront of, being the Timbers Army, uh, one of the premier supporters clubs in the in the league, um, very organic. And, and uh, yeah, I guess, I don't know, do you want to brief the Iron Front, just the issue there, or did you want me to go ahead with that um, one? I don't... I mean, I can get into the history of it. It was ban- uh, the Iron Front was, you know, uh, I guess it looks like a trident for those. I mean, everybody know listening yeah. to this probably knows what we're talking about. <laughs> but it, was, it looked like a trident. It was to defeat, you know, all the major um, kind of fascist dictators. Um, what they stood for in the early '30s. Um, it was created by Soviet Russia, correct? I think it was, it was yeah it was in Nazi Germany it was and banned by banned by um banned by Hitler banned by Hitler banned in, by Hitler uh, in thirty three which nineteen thirty three when he became chancellor but yeah so it's an anti fascist symbol mm-hmm. so it's an Antifa symbol when it comes down to it and um, a lot of people forget that Antifa stands for anti fascist yeah. and uh, I think if uh, they would have just labeled themselves as anti fascist they'd be having a better better go of it in in the media and stuff like that and not be thought of as a hate group but mm-hmm. you know people are stupid and can't figure out that antifa means that and uh it is obviously the mls is more of a left-leaning uh has a lot of left-leaning fan bases because soccer is kind of a left-leaning sport it's kind of a socialist sport when it comes down to it it's all over the world you, you don't have to be rich to play it unless you're american and uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of and it's infiltrated uh the stands and people are here to say that they're not standing up for the fascism that a lot of people perceive is going on in this country mm-hmm. and uh the mls has fought back against that and tried to ban the symbol or has banned the symbol but they can't seem to keep it out of the stadiums and that's a good thing so um obviously kind of like we were talking about in the last uh pod it's class warfare it's the owners versus the the people yet again yeah so what we saw um the mls ban is really weird because they're saying you can have it in the stadium if it's on shirts or small banners or i can't remember even i can't remember what the stipulation was it just can't be on two stick banners like official display kind of things. Because you can use those as weapons, I think, or you can hide weapons in a two-stick banner. I yeah, but then, it, then it's just because they don't want it to be overtly big, so they don't want to have a big display about it, but people can wear the shirts because they, they don't want to offend the righties that are in the stadium that they think they need to adhere to. I, I don't know why the fuck they would think that, but that's what they're... They know want your it. fan base. Yeah, they want to... Like, their, their official statement is they want this game to feel safe for everyone, which... 
um, is completely <laughs> forgetting what's built the sport in America in particular. You know, different countries are different, but America, um, the history of how the MLS has built up to be what it is is very much the anti-establishment sport. You know, everyone that's come to grassroots. It, yeah, and a lot of those people are obviously left-leaning. It's just naturally the fan base, you know, the whole Timbers Army. If you're if you're somehow a right-wing fascist in the Timbers Army, you're doing a very good good job of disguising yourself because there just is no one in there and that, that believes that realistically. So if you take the Timbers Army as the microcosm of the entire league, the entire league is left-wing, anti-fascist, very proud of it, and for some reason the MLS is completely shitting on the fan bases that they use to project their sport as this great thing and and banning just a symbol that stands for essentially equality. Um, mm-hmm. just a And not, yeah, not a fascist leader or fascist tendencies or fascist police states. Yeah. And, and them banning the two-stick is so... It's like throwing a glass of water. Like, if they think... This isn't the way I perceive it, but if they think that this Antifa stuff is a fire, that's them trying to dump a glass of water on it. Because the Timbers Army just came back with giant flags. That wasn't a two-stick. It was yeah. just a giant flag. <laughs> and they did it at the NWSL match as well. Yeah. Like, and Seattle did it. They mm-hmm. unfurled a big banner. And I think every team we've played in Providence Park um, since the ban has come out has unfurled a banner with the iron front on it. Yeah. So they are... It's kind of like when you're a teenager <laughs> and somebody says, don't do something, you want to do it way more. Mm. And that's kind of what, what the MLS fan bases are like right now because a lot of them have only existed for like 15 years. Like, as a te- They're a teenage fan base, so they want to do it even harder, and rightfully so. Yeah. Teenagers want to get into trouble. It teaches you a lot about life. Yeah, especially um, the Timbers in particular. I mean, that's going back to it, like the uh, game on which the biggest game of the year for the Timbers and Seattle is their games against each other. And for that, oh. I mean, what happened was they, you know, for the first 33 minutes, which the 33 being the significance of the year that Hitler banned them, the Iron Front, um, you know, they didn't sing, they didn't drum, they didn't have their TIFO usually, which is usually one of the great events of a Timbers-Seattle match is what TIFO are they going to bring up mm-hmm. to say fuck Seattle essentially in very creative ways. Um mm-hmm. You know, none of that happened, and uh, the uh, the funny thing was watching it on TV. As you were, ESPN had those cameras, ter- the mics turned up as much as possible to try and grab any crowd yeah, noise. It was bizarre, yeah. It was really weird, and um, you know, as Vince said, he said it was even it was super surreal in the stadium. Um, but and you know, the the the, the big match of the week for the M- MLS on ESPN and everything, and and then as soon as the thirty three third minute hit, and they started singing Bella Ciao, um, which is the yeah, Italian anti-fascist um, anthem and whatever, and um, which was just wonderfully done. And then you know the mic suddenly got turned down again, and ESPN had their yeah. sound back. But then they didn't hide away from all the the panning shots of the Timbers Army, and there was the Sundays, which is the um, the capo for the Timbers Army, who was very. They just had that perfect camera shot panning. I'm doing a hand, yeah. hand motion of panning camera, which again audio medium. I'm doing a terrible. Just imagine a camera panning right you around. Can yeah. <laughs> um, and you can see photos of it. And then they had the, the beautiful shot of the, the iron front flag, the one-handed huge flag, you know. Iron front dress on one of the capos. Yeah, that's so, the one yeah. that's on the, yeah, the one I was talking about, yeah. So, you know, that that's completely worked against the MLS because even ESPN, who I assume were, they kind of mentioned it but downplayed it at the same time, their cameras didn't shy away from showing all the protests that were happening mm-hmm. inside the stadium. So 
backfired in the well, end almost completely, and as it should have, because it's a stupid thing. Yeah, I just this is selfish, but I hate that we I had am to opening a Guinness that way. Now, sorry, that's okay. <laughs> Beers. Um, yep. I hate that you know it came to us being quiet in those first three. And I say us because I'm a charter member of the Timbers army and I obviously support the Timbers. Mm-hmm. Um, not with tickets. I just pay the $25 a year, whatever. Yeah. Um, Get the uh, ring in the card. It's good. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 it all goes towards their, their efforts for depots and all that stuff. Depots so. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But it just sucks that we had to do that in one of our biggest matches of the year where we, it did seem like it affected the team on the field. I know that they all were were behind us and stuff, but Seattle was on the front foot for all of that. But I guess if we're going to drop points for a good cause, that's the best cause to drop points for, and I'll take it. And I think the Timbers can still rebound from it. It just sucks that it came, that the MLS forced it to come to a situation where the Timbers have to protest and the Sounders fans too, but it was yeah, which the full, full credit game. to them. So it, was, it affected it affected the Timbers more than the Sounders probably because you know the Sounders have some confidence going in, knowing it's not going to be as the sound's not going to be as on top of you as yeah as normal. And that's all, and that's all in the MLS. Like I'm completely for the protest, and it's I thought it was the best way to do it, but it just. Well, just not so, not even just the MLS. It's on um, the Timbers themselves too for not um, recognizing the fan base that's made them what they made them be. Even if they're not always as successful as they want to be on the pitch, they're always relevant in the MLS as one of the premier yeah. teams that the MLS uses as in their promotions. You always see shots of the Timbers Army, and and the Timbers make a sh- hell of a lot of money off of it too. Is the Timbers Army does so much for the Timbers themselves, you know? Like I said, all the promotional shots of the TIFOs and it's one of the big things that's on their Instagrams every time the Timbers Army do something wonderful. It's it's promoted as part of the MLS experience and the Timbers get the back for back you know, the money off of that. And uh yeah, I'd I'd say the Timber uh, and you just have to go on Twitter and see what people are saying about Merrick Paulson from the Timbers Army side to see Yeah, and you know, and he, he and being what he's made off of the Timbers, it's it is disappointing to see not much more support from from him knowing he should know the fan base pretty well at this point. So, What's disappointing to me from him is obviously all of the stuff you just mentioned, but there's a humongous, almost civil war-like divide in this country right now, and the front lines are being fought in Portland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, know? yeah, we it, don't even touch on that, the, the fact that it I literally mean, was being the, fought in the I'm streets. not going to even say the name of the organization, but they're – their group of far right extremists that that target Portland because they know that that's I mean just call the them, wokest, just call them wokest city and I'm doing air quotes yeah. that it's one of the most left wing left wing cities in America yeah. and they and they target going there and there's a war being there's fights every time they you know we're just calling douche boys they have the far right has a plan to attack a member of I think the Democratic Socialists of America in Portland infiltrated the group mm-hmm. that keeps doing marches in Portland and saw that they have a plan to attack the Oregonian or um, Lamet Weekly. One of the two um, reported on it yesterday. So it's like I haven't seen that yet. But that's Merritt funny. Paulson, you need to see. <laughs> you don't. You can't just sit in your ivory tower in Portland and look at. Oh, I love this city so much. It's so like 
one of the hippest cities in the world and blah 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 blah, and not see what's going on at the ground level yeah there there's a war being fought almost and i don't mean to sensationalize but i don't know what else to call it when people are wearing military gear and marching in the streets and 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 looking for fights for fascism yeah and yeah for yeah and getting milkshakes thrown on them and acting like it's um the end of the world yeah like (laughs) like it's neighbor something but yeah. they're wearing like a bat like a battle shield and a billy club too. yeah and sometimes you know and sometimes very very much uh nazi paraphernalia yeah yeah yeah, Wa- yeah. Wa- walking around they're, like nazis yeah. and and crying when they get a milkshake thrown on them it could have been that's what the it... iron front is against and so even if you are if you lean right if you're a right winger <clears throat> and you're you're more upset with the Iron Front than the actual fascist Nazis marching in our streets. What does that say about your party? How far your party's come and mm. how far your political identity has come? Like, yeah. if you can't see that anti-fascist stuff is a good thing. Yeah, because anti-fascism <laughs> is just literally anti-fascism. It's not a political point. Um, it's we don't want to dictate. They're trying to. Um, the right is trying to say that it is, but it is not. It is it's just... It is, and, and it is violent ways of backing... Uh, going back against it, but it's often the violence is incited by the right more than anything because they march into a street saying, "We're here. Do you want to fight us?" Because they do. And there was that video of that dude going to bars with a maga, maga hat the other day in Portland. Yeah. Um, so you know all that stuff, and, yeah, and that's why Merritt Paulson does need to accept that he has a responsibility. And I know he. There was the rumors, uh, which sound like they're pretty well founded, that he chewed out some members of the Timbers Army the other day. Um, yelling at them and saying, you, you fucked us tonight. I don't know. If, did you see that stuff? Uh, I have not seen it. Oh, was you it missed that. about wearing the Iron Front shirts and stuff like that? No, or? no. It was, it was um, as someone on Twitter. Um, there was rumors going around on Twitter after, immediately after the game that Paulson had chewed them out, and one guy replied and said, yeah, I was there. I yelled, fight for us, Merritt. And he said, you can yell at anti-fascists all you want, but you fucked us tonight. You fucked the team. It's your fault we lost. This is essentially what Merritt Paulson said to the army. Um, which I think he said after the, I think he actually confirmed after the game he did say it and he apologized kind of for you know yelling but he said well they did their their protest cost us the game so he kind of blamed the army again so he doubled down on which was but just again, the, the, pro- the worst response don't to blame it. the protest blame the reason they're protesting yeah that's what this country gets so backwards so often is don't blame the protesters for protesting blame what they're protesting and look into why they're protesting yeah. and understand it that's why they're protesting mm-hmm. they're not just there to walk down the street you know they're protesting <clears throat> everything from president trump to anti-fascism to white nationalism to xenophobia yeah blame the other side for creating a world where we have to protest yeah yeah but yeah that's, that's as simple as it is and you know and a lot of people you know anyone that listens to this that somehow thinks on the other side of the spectrum um first i don't know how you found us but fuck you you're but anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but th- that's the thing is it's just the protest is very simple it's it's very boils down to something very simple for me as the kneeling thing does is it it's all just simply protesting for absolute equality there's nothing there's n- they're not we're not protesting for more rights or anything like that Mm-hmm. It's just absolute equality across the board. That's all it is. So it's just it's a really weird position that we keep getting put in with, whether it's kneeling in the NFL or 
this this iron front thing currently, which the iron front thing is just stupid anyway, because people they're allowing the shirts. It's a weirdly weird thing, but to just not let it happen and to keep blaming people for protesting something that is just as easy as just saying, yeah, let's work towards this rather than let's not fight against it. It's just it's a really weird position we keep finding ourselves in in this world, and that's what the most frustrating thing I think is to all of us that are are protesting, whether it be actually there or uh, those of us who can't be there but do support it. It's just we keep getting into the position when it just seems so simple just to move on and progress as a human society. I mean, yeah, I mean, the writing is on the wall for what it takes to be a good person nowadays. You know, the the other side has made it so abundantly clear what they stand for. And if you like it's against everything you're you were raised to be by Mm -hmm. most parents. Or if you're religious or not religious, it doesn't matter if you're raised to be a good person. Some people didn't listen, I guess. Yeah. So, or <laughs> yeah. people just look like, look for an outlet to be a bad person because they don't like their lives and they don't. It's like, do you like really believe that you love Hitler, or do you just like feel comfortable around a bunch of group of dudes because you've been an outcast all your life? It's like psychological stuff, and that's like not what we're talking about. But it it, it is a facet of it. Like, yeah. Well, I, I remember listening to a um, there's a prominent dude that used to be a white uh, literally a hammerskin white supremacist christian patrol yeah. I've, 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 I've seen that guy yeah, yeah he's and he he does a lot of he's a reformer now because he and he said the exact reason he got into it was he was 14 15 didn't really feel he fit in any social group was a bit of a loner outcast and then he just got you know start, smoked weed with these some white supremacists one day and they accepted him and then suddenly two years later he's a hardcore white supremacist and then by the time he was 21, 22, he was then getting out of it. It was that it was like a six-year period, and now he's very much a worker towards equality, which is great. But, yeah, exactly your point there, that it is some of the people that are in it are just, you know, it is just a, because they've found that as their only fan, place they feel accepted. But um, on top of that, there is a lot well, of yeah, genuinely yeah. evil people that are in part, uh, part of it, which, you know, and that's what this Antifa, Antifa stuff and just anti-fascism is trying to fight. So yeah. I just, yeah, I just worry about it because I I do think like the protests like make those guys more ingrained. But yeah, that's why it is. The, that, you know. But like you have to protest because you can't let. I mean, maybe the protest keeps some people out of it, like joining that group, and that's what it's supposed to do. You know? Yeah, we well, can't have can't have this everywhere. I remember in America where this wasn't happening all the time. Mm-hmm. Now it's happening all the time. And yeah. It's, and, yeah. I mean, there were people this weekend in in clan hoods in North Carolina, just outside a church, That's that right, yeah. were holding a banner that said "Make America Great." And it's like, well, it's not hard to see how how this all started again. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's exactly what these protests are fighting. So you know, um, let's just hope the Timbers and Merritt and the MLS maybe start seeing the light and realize that they've drawn their battle lines on the wrong side and they need to jump back over the other side and. Work out where they. My guess would be are. they won't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it's even just going back to just away from the. It's just more. It makes business sense for the MLS and the Timbers and every, just to to see that their their side should be that side of it because, like we said, we started the conversation saying this is pretty much most of their fan base. Um, Vince was at the game and he he says he he doesn't sit in the army anymore or stand or whatever. Mm. Um, he's in, in in his section, but he's still very much he, he has an iron front hat and shirt and he picked me up a shirt yeah. the other day too like he's very much part of it but um he's, he was just grumbling the whole game saying there was just the guys around him were just the right right wing richies that go to the game for the theater of it and 
so they're all bitching about the protest and whatever. So there is people that go to the games, but they're not actually part of the fan base. They're just the ones that go there probably every few weeks and just go there for the theatre of it and aren't actually invested in the sport and the team. So Just go yeah. there because it's cool to have season tickets. Yeah, well, like, you know, the Timbers... Like a status move to have season tickets. God. Yeah, the Timbers are a hot, hot ticket in, in Portland. So, yeah, there is a lot of those yeah. ones there too, unfortunately. But the people that actually call themselves fans, like true fans invested in the team, invested in the culture... I don't think you'll find a right winger among them because you can't be invested in the culture and be a right winger. It's just they're mutually exclusive to me. I don't understand. You can't be yeah. so. And that, that goes for most of the teams in, in the MLS, I think, because they're all certain part of it is counterculture. So, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Because liking soccer <laughs> in this country is more acceptable, but it's still counterculture yeah. when it comes down. Yeah, no. Still, like, you still copped a few you get a weird look depending on the bar you go into and say you're a soccer fan in America still. So, you know, it's much, yeah. much, much more mainstream now, but it's still, yeah, there is the the um, the um football fans, the gridiron fans, they still sometimes, the the those type of ones that don't accept soccer, they just see it as a, a woman's, woman's sport still. Those kind of stupid terms I mean, it's that they call it. It's at every level. I mean, in my class, like, with a bunch of trained sports journalists, like, they, we talked about soccer the other day, and, like, everybody but um, this woman who played college soccer and me, they, like, were trying to defend. They're like, oh, all they do is flop around and dive and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, I, I don't <laughs> even know what to do with that anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. I like, it's so – it's such a dated complaint about soccer, and it's just not true, and – I mean, they do do that, but so is every sport. There's flopping in the NBA. That's how it started is people were complaining about James Harden and, like, flopping and stuff like mm. that. It's like there's flopping in the NFL. There's flopping in college football. There's flopping everywhere. Yeah, hockey, you'll uh, you'll see people take take a slight hit. And, you know, mm. not, not to say that hockey is in a tough sport, but they still do if you get contact. Called gamesmanship. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, like when Jeter got hit in the barrel of the bat. But <laughs> like it hit his hand. Like, yeah. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean the ML like moving on in the MLS though. Mm. It's a pretty interesting season so far. I mean, there's a couple of two new teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else, kind of like Vince was tweeting about uh, the other day. Yeah, yeah. Seems like an LAFC are running away with it. Yeah, Carlos Vela's breaking records and um, you know, new team. fighting Zlatan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, the, uh, I mean to round off the Timbers talk. We can, I mean. It's a weird season for the Timbers, and I don't know where it's going to end. Um, certainly a lot better than what it looked like at the start. We're in the playoff hunt, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if the Timbers don't make the playoffs, it's, it's you know, we unveiled the season or the new stadium and had, you know, all those games on the road and, you know, protests. It's a memorable season even without the, without the playoffs, you yeah. know. And the Timbers made the – the championship last year so can't go there every year yeah hopefully hopefully I hope they it. make the playoffs and i think they can but yeah yeah that seattle match was disheartening obviously yeah um yeah fernandez has been a good signing although he's been a bit quieter late lately but that's just more i think the timbers are still getting there's still some flow issues with the way that the overall play on the field so um yeah i think playoffs are achievable and we should get there i think based on just We've still got home matches most of the way through, so hopefully we still keep picking up most of the points we have. But, um, yeah, the LAFC just rolling. Like, I think it's theirs to lose this year based on form. And, um, and They can't get past the Galaxy, though. 
I mean, it's like a mental that, block for them. Is that, is that just a, a rivalry thing? Like, you know, Liverpool have it with Everton and the EPL and, you know, just, you know, kind of form goes out the window a tiny bit because there is that heat, that... Uh, and I don't know why it happens in rivalry games because, you know, technically sports science and all everything should get past that if you're a, a far superior team. But it could just be that it's just the rivalry. I don't know. And Zlatan's yeah, a unique <coughs> talent still. So even if he is 45. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see it in college football all the time. You know, rivalry games, are there's they're just on a different level. People get up for them. People know that fans are it, it's just going to be a different thing and so it's just a different mindset for people and i, th- I do think lafc just kind of has this new kid on the block thing when it comes to the galaxy like they can beat everybody else in the western conference they just can't get past the galaxy for some reason it's yeah. bizarre i think uh, it is yeah i i think they'll break it in the playoffs so i think it'll be an la matchup maybe in the western conference final but they, they'll probably meet before that if the seeding stays the same but I think that's where LAFC finally gets their last laugh. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think they're too good. Um, not that I know their whole team very well, but it's just the little bits I've seen. They just, and you know, their consistency throughout the season against the rest of the competition has been really good. So, um, and you know, the Galaxy are a little bit more unpredictable. You know, they they dropped the the one that they dropped against us. They just looked horrible. And, um, I mean, they, like having Zlatan as your top player, it has its benefits and it has its uh, detractions. I think, and like if he's being pouty like he was against the Timbers that whole match, like your team's gonna feed off that. Mm-hmm. Like you're one of the best players to ever play in the MLS. You can't, you can't be doing that. Your team feeds off you, and when you're just, you know, getting into it with a ref, you know, I, I think there was a red card in that match as well. I think yeah. there's a VA red card, and I think that really cost them. But also, the Timbers put it on them pretty well. So the West yeah, is I think we're already a couple all goals over up the place by that right point. Now. So yeah, I don't think that Seattle Timbers match um, was, you know, kind of what would would have happened if the fan base would have been there, mm-hmm. like been able to chant the whole time and created an atmosphere. But again, not their fault. Yeah, and we had plenty of chances towards the end of that game too. But yeah, going the yeah that was in that was a barrage. Yeah. Um, Kind of frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing was Zlatan is he's referring to, uh, well, he referred to the rest of the competition as Fiat's versus his Ferrari, which yeah. in, in turn, then his teammates, if they're smart enough to put two and two together, they realize he's they're calling Fiat's. Yeah. <laughs> which every time I see a Fiat around now, I just think, oh, there's another there's another Zlatan teammate. But, um, you know, it's, those kind of things just don't aren't conducive to um, you know, that all-in team championship mentality, which, you know, Zlatan, being the talent he is, well, he's not, you know, I just don't think he's enough to overcome it anymore, being his age, despite the fact that he's got just worldy goals in him still. He's not the overall player he was when he was, um, you know, a YouTube sensation at PSG, you know, six, seven years ago. You know, that was really yeah, his... He's on, you know, all the teams. You know, he played for all of them, and that's because he's a dick. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> wanted to deal with him that long. And, like... If you're a Ferrari, then go play with Ferraris, dude. Nobody's asking you to be in the MLS. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, teams probably are, but the fan base isn't. We'll still be there with or without you. you know? Yeah, and there'll be plenty more. Like you know, Wayne Rooney came over here and just did his did his bit. You know, I don't have, I never loved Wayne Rooney, obviously, with my team allegiances in England. But yeah. you know, he came over here and just banged in worldy goals and became a part of that team. It seemed, um, from what I can tell, from the mint, like I don't spend all my time thinking about DC United, but. You know, <laughs> yeah. he seemed invested in it for what um, for the because re- he's there for the rest of this year, I think. So, 
Yeah, I don't, you know, and uh, the other... Uh, uh, he might leave early now, I heard. All like, right. He might completely fuck him over. <laughs> <laughs> and in that case, I take back everything I just said. But for the... Up until this point, you know, and he hasn't made, you know, hasn't made a big song dance about being Wayne Rooney in DC. He's just been... Exactly. Banging in some goals and, and playing footy, so... Whereas Latan's really made it a lot, so much of it about him. Um, and, you know, he is a special talent. And some of the goals he scored in the MLS have been some of the best ones that you'll see. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, it go, you've got to be a par- part of being a marquee player in the MLS as being a positive positive um, promotional material. That's what the MLS get these guys in for and have the special dispensation to pay them more is to to be able to be a you know a poster boy for the league and... I don't know how much the MLS wants him to. Well, they still will use him because it's Zlatan, and people don't. A lot of people just don't read that much into it. But for us that are actually fans, it's really frustrating to just see him constantly badmouth the league when and we know it's not the best league in the world, but we enjoy it. So, you know, yeah, and you're a part of it. Just because so it's not the best doesn't mean like you can't like have your favorite team in it and support them like you support your favorite team in England. It's the exact same thing. It's just, you know, it's like supporting a NFL team and a college football team. Obviously one's better than the other, but yeah. still support them. Anyway. Yeah, although if you're an Alabama fan, then you can you, you can make the arguments as people did a few years ago, who will win against the Browns and, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, yeah I don't think that's happening. I still no. see like that, but that, that'll be a topic for later in the year when those come up. Clemson could beat I don't know who's going to be the worst team in the NFL. The Raiders. Year, <laughs> <laughs> no, they'll, they'll be like, they'll have like a top six pick again. But yeah. Um, um, anyway, but yeah, it's just, just yeah, yeah they're just be be more positive to the league because that's what you know that's what we want these guys to come in and do, and mo- most of them do. Um, you know, besides Clint Dempsey, he was an absolute cunt. You know, everyone else is pretty positive for the league. So. <laughs> um, yeah, well, he's kind of a, a little different than you know. Yeah. He's a Texan. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Should we switch over to uh, to uh, world football? I guess I should say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll probably just talk about the EPL, but <laughs> yeah, no, I've got a few other things that are just random moves and player movements and whatever because it has been there's been a few big moves and whatever. But um, they did set the price for Neymar today. They yes, did. she did. So. What, is it two hundred plus or? No, it's less, but it's oh, a so. lot. <laughs> I think it's one eighty five point five or something. So like that's, that's might as well be two hundred. Yeah. No, I guess two hundred ten. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. EPL. Uh. You know. I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? <laughs> yeah, I, not bad. Hey, we're yeah. No, you guys, yeah. No. You dro- you only drop one game against us, so it's not like it's um. You know. Yeah, the- I mean, we might as well get into that. I mean, obviously how. You guys have been in pretty good form to start the season. How do you feel? Obviously, that was your biggest text so mm-hmm. far, I'd say. Um, how do you feel you looked? I felt pretty good because, you know, I think Arsenal's front line, your front line was going to be, is going to be one of the, one of two maybe that will test us the most this year, the other one being City, of course. Um, and I think we handled the test. I mean, you got a few balls over the back that, um, you know, Pepe had that one-on-one and there was a couple of other chances. But, you know, I mean, Matip got back pretty well at one point and Van Dijk got back and covered. It was only that one that Pepe that really, and even that. So to restrict a team that's got that good a forward line to a few of those half chances and then um, and then obviously on the other side of the ball we had com- complete control because... Emery seemed mm-hmm. to so Emery did cede a bit of possession to us because he was trying to trying to catch us on the counter and um 
but the passing was brilliant. Um, there was some just brilliant passages of play where, you know, and um, obviously you saw it and said that <laughs> and you did text how much better that we looked because of – and it's something that this team's been together for a couple of years now. The, pa- the passing, like. you know, Firmino, and Firmino just know he can drop back into midfield and, and just and mm. flick the ball around, flick, flick it back or flick it forward and, and, and Salah and Mane. This is the interchanging play between those guys and then – uh, went out him and uh, Fabinho, uh, Fabinho's become uh, just such a rock in the center of midfield. And Henderson, mm. Henderson's got a bit more freedom and and trust that he can do the things that he did because he put this. There was one point he just put this brilliant ball. He kind of side footed it and looked like he'd completely fucked it. And then suddenly Robertson's running into view down the wing, and you realize he's placed it perfectly into that space and with the perfect weight in the ball. And you realize that's exactly what he wanted to do. And it's just those kind of things. Now that they've gone this run last year, where they almost won the title with a points total that was totally respectable and won mm. the Champions League it seems to have instilled that extra bit of confidence in their in themselves yeah and, it's just yeah. that fluidity that just terrifies you it was like I do think there was a chance for Arsenal to get a point in that match but I also think there was a chance for Liverpool to win five to one six to one so yeah. it was just one of those matches where you know you guys scoring before half was such a big deal, I think, for and you obviously deserved to score before half. <laughs> like it, but Arsenal just blew their chances and you can't do that against a squad like yeah. you guys. Um obviously I don't know if you guys are the favorites in Europe again, but it'd be hard to count you out right now. So I don't I don't know where Liverpool's goals stand right now i know city is always super into winning the champions league mm. and you guys have always been into winning the league so i don't know if those are getting cemented this season because it is going to obviously be a two two horse race unless you see it differently um yeah the league i certainly think it'd be a two horse race i think you know you guys i hope i from what i've seen early season i would expect top four is your your goal and should be achievable because i think tottenham tottenham don't they're a little bit shaky at the moment. I don't know where to place them yet because they've had that loss against uh, Newcastle. We'll see this. But see this weekend. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. You got, Derby. got the big. Is that a, is that at Arsenal this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we played at you guys, so. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, and so yeah, I don't think Tottenham will be quite there in the title race and where they'll be in the top four. Um, they'll be fighting it with you guys probably. Uh, Chelsea, I think, will just be hoping to try and get into the top four, but I think it'll be a struggle because transfer ban and um, just the squad isn't is still it's less than what you know. Pulisic isn't going to replace Hazard, obviously. So and and United, fuck knows. I don't think they look that good this year either. So it is a two-horse race at the top, and then the top four, I think, is achievable for you guys. And yeah, as far as goals go, I think you know City want the Champions League. They've had a couple of embarrassing exits the last couple of years. Two English opposition, us and then, absolutely us yeah. and then Tottenham, which would hurt even more. Um, and then we yeah. and then obviously we want the league. I wanted it last year more than I wanted now. Champions League was a nice consolation. It's not even a con- it's not <laughs> obviously once we won it. I've I've got all the gear and I've got the flags and stuff yeah, in the house already. Of it is it isn't you know you never turn down the Champions League. It's it's still going to be one of the memories of my life both of them now so um but yeah we want the league and you you know liverpool are in a position like last year their points total was good enough to win the league most years in history oh yeah and they Every won the champions off. league so in theory they actually ran at a pace to win the they ran at a double pace they should be able to do it again this year injuries permitting obviously so i think as a fan you your goal is to win both um but you you you'd, <laughs> hope, you'd hope to be i think we just need to get 90 90 plus points and see where we end up and then be 
be in the last four of the Champions League at least and hopefully in the final again because Klopp, Klopp has won every knockout knockout um, stage in Europe since he's been a Liverpool coach. Cause, so <laughs> Pretty impressive. Yeah. Is this the most top-heavy top six you've ever seen? In the Premier League, since it switched to the Premier League, like I don't know how long ago that's like twenty two years. No, ninety two, I think, was the official change to the Premier League. I'm yeah. not good at math. <laughs> <laughs> um, you mean like the the split between sixth and seventh kind of thing, or or? I mean, like between like the top two teams and the rest of the top. Six. Oh yeah, so sorry, like, yeah. Um, so like between two and three, four, five. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah, um, last year it was certainly quite pronounced as well, um, and so I, I assume it'll be the similar this year. You know, Tottenham. There was that little period where Liverpool and Liverpool dropped a couple of points, and then City caught up to them, and then Tottenham were winning. Everyone's. It was about a week where everyone said, "Oh, Tottenham could still win the title," and then they dropped. Two, uh, and, yeah, then they, and then they dropped two games and ended up twenty points behind the t- behind. Uh, I think they were twenty four points behind us, let alone City at the end of the year. So yeah, no, that was just. I think the gap will be at least 15 this year again. I just can't imagine, you know, if Liverpool injuries permitting, obviously if they've stayed mostly fit, the points will just come because that team, just the way they work now is very much, it's quite a machine. And then, and City are similar. If they, if they both teams stay fit, they will just be running the, running the front of the table and, and the rest of, you know, Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, United will all be fighting for third and fourth. So... With that disparity between two and three in the bottom four teams of the top six, where do where do you think the EPL stands in like the world rankings as far as league goes? Um, well, I think City and Liverpool are certainly two of the best teams in the world. So um, it's funny because everyone says, "Oh, the EPL, you know, it's not competitive." But then, you know. You know, Spain, there's only two, oh, three teams are fighting, Atletico Madrid, but then they sold their best player to the direct rivals too. So, um, you know, Juventus have won eight titles in a row in Italy. Um, Munich yeah. have won seven titles in a row. Barca pretty much have won every title apart from Atletico Madrid winning one a couple of years ago because I don't think Real Madrid have actually won it for five or six years at least. So, you know, City were the first back-to-back winners this decade. So that just shows how, even if it is the same teams up and around there, it is still a more a, a better league overall, and and it goes to show that the Euro, Europa League final last year was all English as well. So, yeah. yeah, which is I don't think we'll ever see that again. I don't no, even I don't. know if we'll see three teams again like that. But well, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, probably. But yeah, but yeah, no. The, I mean, the position of England as a, as a European uh, English teams as a and the the league itself is still competitive as competitive as, te- as a league can be that's top-heavy, obviously, you know, the way football, world football works with only a few teams actually having a realistic chance. But, um, you know, you still go back to Leicester winning a few years ago to show you that the English league is a really random one sometimes. So, you know. That is – I think that's an outlier, though. I, like, I can't imagine that ever happening again. I think that was such, like, a special – Yeah. I mean, I know Blackburn has done it and stuff like that, but I think Leicester was, like, such an underdog story that I don't think we'll ever see somebody – have that kind of meteoric rise again. Yeah, and they, and they called it the right time where um, it was yeah. Guardiola's first season. Or was he, was he even there? I can't actually remember. But it was it was just kind of in that right time where City were on a – with just figuring out where they are going next and Chelsea weren't quite there. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal actually finished second that year. So yeah. I think so. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you, you went above Tottenham on the final day, I think. So. 
Yep. Hey, as long as they're above them. Yep. Um, what do you think will dictate kind of who has the momentum this year between City and Liverpool? Is it just is it going to be how you perform in the Champions League, or is it going to be the week to week basis on you know you guys are both probably just going to run through the EPL teams? Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, it's hard to know because you know there's so many people say that you know the your other competitions can sometimes detract from your league league form, but then last year it didn't for either of us. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll. I think it's gonna if it's gonna be like last year, it'll actually come down to the games between us. Like um, we lost it last year by not getting when you got one point or out of the games last year. You know we didn't. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we almost lost that one at home if Mares hadn't sent his penalty into the Mersey, but. <laughs> <laughs> And, and if you've ever been to Liverpool, like being to Liverpool, the Mersey's not that close to the stadium, so that's no, how, that's, yeah. how, that's how far it went. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's almost like you had money on the game or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it'll come down to the games between us, and then uh, yeah, because I mean they drop. I'm 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 doing this thing this this year where I'm just betting against City every week because they will, and because the, the, the teams they're playing always have long odds, and I feel like they they had those that game against Palace last year, which was inexplicable. They also lost against Leicester. Like, both of us will have these games at some point. It's which one has the least. And yeah, and I think City, and, and City obviously when they got they got back into it, they just went on a run and had the confidence to keep going um, and scrape out some of those results, which we did too. You know, we won 11 in a row to finish out the season, which was unreal as well. So, And you went unbeaten for how, like what, how many matches to start the season last year? Uh, up until the City one, which is the only one we lost. We only lost one game the entire year, which is yeah. just unreal to not win the title on that basis of form. But, you know, that's what, that's just how good, I was just that's how good the race was. So. Bulls, you know? yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't do that, pull that off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's a hard thing to do. So. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be – I think the games between the two teams will be what dictate the race. Um, you know, there will be the – the drop points here and there to other teams, but the, if it goes anywhere like last year, it won't be too many. And the and they won the title basically by getting more points against us than we got against them because it was one point in the end. So, yeah, that that's where I, I look at those games and say if we get at least either they don't beat us, and if we get one one win against them, then that'll be that'll be a big swing in the race, and then it'll just be how we go against the other teams. Which based on last year's form and this year's early season form, we shouldn't have too much trouble apart from you know. Derbies are weird sometimes, as as they were last year with the Origi winner at the sure, <laughs> the yeah. ninety plus six. Oh and my that. god, yeah. Um, um, I guess I know uh, some of my Liverpool fan friends in uh, Lincoln. Uh, they view City as like this huge rival now, like maybe one of Liverpool's biggest. Is that how is that how you've come to view them? I, you've been following Liverpool a little bit longer than they have. Um. Yeah, pref- like a competitive t- rival at the moment, obviously, and then th- there is that little bit of um because Klopp and Guardiola have got a rivalry that goes back to the Bundesliga as well. Um, a little bit. Um, there is there is that professional. I just I still don't hate them as much as I you know United. <laughs> just you know I grew up with that, and yeah. they, maybe it'll come in time. But I still see City as a as a. Uh, you know, maybe, and City fans won't like it. I still see them as a bit of a false prophet in the sense that they've. Yeah. I wonder if financial fair player will ever get them. I don't think it will because I just think, you know, they've got too much money and they've got gone too far into it. I think UEFA just don't have the balls and FIFA don't have the balls to do anything about it. But um, 
and you know, full respect to the squad they've got on the park isn't the problem. It's the how the how the owners have gotten it. Um, I don't have any um, ill feeling towards the players. They're just doing what they're paid for to do, and they're doing it really well. So, yeah, professionally, they're like I've got. I hate you know. I really don't like seeing. I root against them more than anything. United is just a, a fun thing now to laugh at because they, you know, Giggs back in two thousand eleven said, "Oh, what happened to Liverpool never happened to us when we went downhill for a while and." You know, there's a little bit of Schadenfreude watching them struggle. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, and yeah, where they bit... struggle the most in Champions League, really. It's yeah. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Turning to Champions League, who you know, Liverpool is obviously one of the favorites. Who who do you view as maybe one of their biggest um, rival or not rivals, but um, con- what's the biggest competition they'll face? You know, is it Barcelona with you know Griezmann coming over? Yeah, that's a tough one because Suarez is getting older and Messi. Yeah. Messi, Messi's still as good as he ever was, I think. Um, so he will have another good year. Suarez will be good, but not be the player he was. Griezmann will be, depend how he um, kind of connects with that squad. You know, we saw Coutinho yeah. the last eighteen months, which we will talk. We can talk about that in a sec. But yeah, his big money move didn't work at all, and you know he was subbed at Anfield to glorious cheers last year. So. You can correct me on this, but I feel like Griezmann and Messi play a similar kind of role on the field, so I'm interested to see how they'll play together. I don't know how exactly they'll see that, and there have been a few rumblings that you know Messi's kind of been almost like shunning Griezmann at Barca so far. I think. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen too much about that, and yeah, to be fair, like I see Messi's role on the field is so unique because Messi plays a role that. You know, no one ever could, but yeah, yeah, they, they are certainly they are certainly both one. Like Griezmann's been an alpha for the last few years, and and he, I think Barca may have Griezmann more than anyone might be the player they've actually bought to really be the next generation. Because Messi, I don't know, he's probably got a couple of years left because he's a freak. Um, he's kind of <laughs> he's kind of like LeBron in that way. You know, he's he doesn't get injured much. He's always just getting the same numbers, and yeah. Um, I think Barca are certainly a rival in the Champions League every year, but the, uh, City worry me more as just as I just think they're the main rival in both both facets of it. But you know, Juventus are there because they bought Ronaldo to win them the Champions League, so they'll be thereabouts. Um, apart from you know, yeah, City, Barca, Real Madrid, I think won't be quite there again this year. They might be okay, but I just don't see. It. Well, Hazard, we'll see how he goes. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure there for him to be the next next Ronaldo, essentially, to be the one that carries the team. So, um, yeah, Juventus have been spent big again, and you know, well, you know, their squad is being put together in the Champions League because they win the they win the league every year anyway. So, uh, I don't see really. Like, I mean, built for it. Yeah, but I don't um, see either German team doing too. Well. Dortmund look okay. They started the season, the domestic season, well, but I don't know how uh, Munich. I've had a big change. They blew in it last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Munich, um, have, Munich have had a big change in the offseason with Ribery and Robin finally going um, after some long So they up. might finally be a little likable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah, just a little, a little bit. bit. Um, my, my allegiance is to Dortmund there still, so, you know, never. Oh, obviously. Um, I mean, they, yeah. They and, you know, Dortmund have got, like, just the, the team they are. I just think they might, they might. They'll be competitive enough, but I don't think they'll be great. Um, Atletico Madrid last year were, you know, had Griezmann. Now they don't. But they got that that um, Hal Felix. So I'm probably fucking up mm. the pronunciation of that. The Wonder Kid. So 
see how yeah. that goes. But yeah, I think it's probably Liverpool, City, Barca, Juventus would be the top four that I'd pick from just very limited, actually in-depth reading, but just from my basic knowledge of the all the top leagues. Um, yeah, PSG. Oh, I mean, that's the other thing. We don't even know. The window hasn't even closed for all the European teams. It has for um, uh, English, it- but... I mean, you were just talking before about Neymar. So, I mean, where's he going to go? Um, was that offer from? Forgot who he was talking to. I it, think. D- depending on the day, I mean, it's, it's either Barca or, or Madrid. So. <laughs> yeah, it might have been Barca again, but uh, yeah, it says details holding up a Barca deal for Neymar. So. It is just a money thing. Yeah. So would Neymar then replace Suarez in that? Yeah, well, then there's because there was a rumor that Suarez could end up at Juventus or something like that if if the Neymar deal goes through. Um, so then I that, can see that. See that would bolster the Juventus, but then Barca would also be probably getting bolstered with Neymar coming back, provided he's fit because he's had those troubles the last year. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's that, a lot of differences yeah. coming together. And I mean, obviously, Messi is, you know, the best in the world at not only well, just pretty much everything, but getting people involved. He's obviously great at that, but that is. Two new pieces in that system with Griezmann and Neymar. Well, Neymar's played there before, but it's still Griezmann yeah. and Neymar all together. It'd be yeah, two very, <laughs> two very young, well, younger pups um, against the yeah. old dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know what that does to P- P- We haven't even mentioned PSG's P- Champions League chances, but I think their window's a little bit more closed than it was a couple of years ago because um, Mbappe's injured for the next month, apparently. So. I don't know how he'll come back. but And the rest of their squad's decent, but I just don't think they have the depth to go deep in the Champions League unless they yeah. get a magical run of fitness and whatever together. Because, you know, they've got Di Maria and Mbappe's obviously... Mbappe, if Mbappe takes the next step to, you know, become like a Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's pretty close, but yeah. if he can't, I, I could see it. But yeah, losing Griezmann, obviously. Well, never mind. I always think he played for PSG for some <laughs> reason. Because in my head, I just see those French. He just is French. Yeah. But yeah. Did they sign Coutinho or did Bayern? Uh, Munich signed Coutinho in the end, so he's there. Um, he debuted for them the other day. So, so I mean, yeah, Munich could be thereabouts, but it just it depends how because Coutinho's had such a catastrophic eighteen months. That no, I don't know where's he, where's he going to be at his head. Don't know. Yeah, but he, he might see now that he's had such a terrible eighteen months and he's got out of there. It might be a nice fresh start for him because he was decent for Brazil over the summer and them winning the um when the Continental Trophy um. He was really good for them. Apparently, I didn't watch too many games to be honest, but I, you know, saw match reports and him and he was pretty pretty key part of it. So it's obvious Coutinho can still play footy, which you know biases aside of how angry I was with him. He's, he was incredibly good for us, even though there's if you actually went back and watched all the tapes, there is games where he floated in and out of depending on how the game was going. But he, in general, he was he was turning into quite a quite a special player for us in those last eighteen months. Um, and I saw on Twitter that a lot of Liverpool fans wanted him back when he was, you know, in the transfer limbo. You know, it was like Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and then uh, yeah. As soon as as soon as it as soon as the rumors about maybe getting a loan deal came up, there was you know all the Liverpool fans wanted that. Um, I was I was kind of like you know if he, if they can work out a deal that's conducive to the like it, it's more about the team obviously. I was. Yeah. I always said if he was happy to come back and fight for his place, he wouldn't automatically walk back into. Cause, yeah, where does he where does he go on that squad? Is that yeah. does he'd actually probably he'd go straight to the bench because you don't you're not getting in mm-hmm. ahead of Mane, Mane, Firmino or Salah, and then the midfield works pretty well behind them. So 
yeah, he'd have to fight for his place, and I just don't think that was going to happen. So it was never realistic for me, but yeah. People are into it, though, you know, and fans can dictate that sometimes, but yeah. I don't know if you ever, I mean, Arsenal say that they were never even in on him, so mm-hmm. I don't know, so who knows what was actually going on over there. Yeah, well, I woke up one morning, or I was still awake, I can't remember, it was like one o'clock in the morning here anyway, um, and just, tw- and I went on Twitter and it was, uh, you know, you look at the trending topics and at the top in Australia was Coutinho with like 5,000 tweets, and I clicked on it and it was all Tottenham fans going, oh, we've got Coutinho and we've got someone else. They thought they had Coutinho. Uh, Dabala, maybe? I don't know. Some, it was Coutinho like and Dabala. They thought they'd signed. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, all the Liverpool Ha, ha, ha. All the Liverpool fans, you know, they're going to hate like us. You got nothing <laughs> and you'll like it. Tottenham in your stupid new stadium. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the funniest thing was then, like, you know, half an hour later when it came out that Coutinho actually wasn't going there. There was one Liverpool fan had a tweet saying, oh, wow, Coutinho's loan deal of uh, 48 minutes was the shortest loan deal I've ever seen. <laughs> So. Yeah, like, why would you want to go to Spurs? Like, I know that, you know, they were in the Champions League final last last year, but that seemed, like, pretty pretty much out of no, nowhere. Yeah, I well, don't know why. Their run was very reminiscent of our run in 05, except that ended terribly for them, which was perfect <laughs> for me. Um, you know, that's the thing about last year's finals. is actually the one that I feel, you know, 2005 was fucking spectacular, but we'd never, <laughs> we were lucky to get there, and we were lucky that just the final was this magical weird thing that happened that somehow we got back into whereas last year we were actually legitimately one of the best teams in the world um mm-hmm. and very much you know we'd beaten i think I was, i've said it probably to you before but we beat the french champions the german champions the spanish champions and the second team second place team in italy to get there and then so you know when you look at yeah. it that way you've beaten all the best of the world to get there and then win it so yeah well, i was whereas, kind of uh, let down that you were playing Spurs in the in the final. Yeah, I think Spurs everyone wanted. Everyone once Liverpool got through against Barca wanted Ajax just for the the majesty of the you know Ajax that are very much historic European team too. So, and that was a cool story, and that would have been yeah really fun to see you know Liverpool against an upstart team like Ajax, like who you would never think seeing them in the Champions League final, but. Yeah, it's funny, like Ajax, their original run to Champions League titles in the 70s when they were an up-and-coming team before they actually won. Yeah, I didn't know about that, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, well, because they're, yeah, they're one of the team. one of the, there's five teams that have been able to keep the Champions League trophy because they've either won it three in a row or at five or more, which is um, Real Madrid, us, Milan, Barca, Munich, and so it's not miscounted but yeah and Ajax don't Ajax <laughs> <laughs> don't have five but they actually got to keep it because they won three in a row as well so sure. um yeah but that's been a, a long time ago yeah but they're up and up and coming time at that original time when they were not many people knew about them they came to us and smashed Liverpool off the park in the 70s as well as part of their journey to that time too there's a lot of people talking about the history between the team very respectfully they're just saying yeah it'd be cool to they do have a history of big games against each other and Obviously, European pedigree, which Tottenham have none of, so it was, <laughs> and, and still don't. Yeah, so. I think it would have been a better final for sure, even from a like viewing standpoint of just yeah, well, the flow of the game. I, Tottenham just looked like they'd never been there before, and they'll never be there again. Kane was hurt and um, slowed down that whole offense. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, a handball in the first two minutes is gonna change the course of a game, and I don't think IX does that. 
I mean, who who can dictate? But yeah. I think those guys were so young that they, the stage, like they were too young to care about the stage. They, they kind of like they did the whole way through to the semifinal. Mm-hmm. But do you think there's a team like IX this year that could make kind of that Cinderella run um, that nobody sees? I mean, uh, that's a tough one because you n- you never know when who to call it until they they start coming through. Um, sure, yeah. Yeah, and IX. We're just in such a special moment where they had a couple of guys, you know, Delit and um, and De Jong that both were up, you know, young twenty-year-olds that were already fucking fantastic footballers, along with yeah. a few guys like you know Dusan Tadic, who <laughs> was terrible at Southampton, somehow came back and was, you know, one of the greatest players in the world. Suddenly, um, well, not suddenly, he just Southampton don't know how to use <laughs> the amount of talented players Southampton have had over the last ten years. That have not. They um, were Arsenal's feeder system for a long time. You know, yeah, it was, they produced. I mean, they produced Ox. They produced um, Pio. Yeah. Produced. Well, Mane was there before he came to us. Van Dyke, um, Lalana for a lesser one, but still. <laughs> Alum Chambers for a lesser one. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> all stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if they could keep people there, and Arsenal always has a hard time with Southampton at Southampton. I don't know why. They had that huge goalkeeper for a long time. Like, just yeah. couldn't get anything past him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, you know, Dortmund. I don't know, just probably because I, I love Dortmund. But, they, you know, they've got a young, you know, bit of a changeover in their team again. Um, they could, they, they're, they're the kind of team that could make they're a run. They're young. Yeah. Sure. So, and, you know, they're, they're hungry to prove themselves as well. And they probably see a bit of a another year where Dort- uh, Munich are a little bit less than what they have been. So, they might, they might see a sniff of chance and... You know, there are every chance in the Champions League as well. Particularly, home field advantage is pretty good. So, but yeah, I, I don't see it. Ajax was just a special case last year with those guys they had, and they've probably got a good youth system there still, and we'll have other guys coming through, but not not to the level of Frankie De Jong and Mathis Delit. Uh, well, I assume they have a bunch talents. of money to hopefully go out and get somebody back. Yeah, well, I mean, what they do with that money is that you know they will buy players, but they invest. won't invest. Yeah, they will yeah. invest. You know, we mean Andre did a tour of the stadium last year and. The guy that ran out too was really, really nice bloke and <laughs> quite funny. But he, he said, and he said, this is what Ajax is and this is what we accept as fans is that we produce some of the greatest players in the world. We sell them for big money and then we reinvest that back in the squad and our youth, youth team and that's what they just keep doing. And, you know, and it might, and it works out that they win, they won the tit- local title last year, obviously, and then they almost won the Champions League. So... If they yeah. re, re if they just keep going like that and have a cycle every three or four years where they're competitive in the Champions League and you know, then they that works for them. So yeah, they still had to play into the Champions League this year, which yeah. I don't think is is going that well for them. Well, it's going. I think they got through, but yeah, it's it's unreal that did they? I thought they had a second leg. I don't. I, I had class I, fo- so I, I follow them on Instagram just because we went there and loved it, but a lot of their stories. Oh, are, they played a day. In the second leg, okay. I think it's nil nil, but I, or one 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 zero. No, I, I might try remember. and watch it later then. But yeah, they're, they're the, <laughs> their yeah. Instagram stories are in Dutch, so I never get much out of them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't even know what that sounds like. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no, it's a. I mean, most of the, their English over there is very good for traveling. So you know, it was a great oh, yeah. great country to travel in. But um, yeah, everything's in Dutch on their stories, so I don't yeah don't get much out of it, but. Yeah, it's funny that a league has to play through still for the t- title winners because it's a decent league. Well, the top three teams are, you know, Feyenoord, Ajax and Eindhoven have all won the title in the last four or five years. So it's a, 
reasonably competitive at the top. You know, yeah. European leagues never have th- two, more than two or three teams usually fighting for the title, apart from England usually. So, I don't know. It's a weird one that they have to fight through because, I mean, it's not strong, but, yeah, is what it is, I guess. If they don't make it through, it'd be a huge upset. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, it's not unheard of for a team to kind of half take it off and then get caught napping because they probably will be expecting to get through and um, it might be proving a bit tougher. And that's, that's sometimes when you get caught out is when you just, you know, looking past it rather than focusing on it. So, yeah. I think the only reason I know the team they're playing is because Arsenal's been in the Europa League the past couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen the name. I still don't know how to pronounce it. But yeah, I yeah. remember. I, yeah, I remember those years. Um, it's funny. Sturridge, the team he's gone to, I only know of that team because Liverpool played against them a few years ago in the um, in the Europa League. Trust bonds or I keep I always calling. <laughs> I always call him dinosaur for some reason. It's just what comes to mind. But yeah, that's where Star Wars is going. How does Australia televise the Europa League? Do you get games? Yeah, yeah. In America, we're kind of screwed over now. Yeah, no. uh, So Werner took over. Yeah, no. We get the we get the Europa League on the same um, company that um, broadcasts Champions League and Premier League. So we get. I've got it on demand, so I can watch every game. It's telecast. Just scroll through and find them. That's a not? huge bummer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm happy for you, but it's a huge bummer for us because the only game, the only Europa match that uh, Turner aired last year was a championship. So or the that's title. unreal. That's yeah. Yeah. No, Europa League's like so. You can you, pay like three bucks a match, which isn't bad, but you know, like yeah. I mean, that's what you do you for your own pay team. Three bucks to watch Arsenal play like young boys' second team. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like. Yeah, we'll see, though. Hopefully yeah. done yeah. with the Europa League this year. It's kind of fun, though. I remember making fun of it when like Liverpool was in it or Tottenham or United even because mm-hmm. Arsenal made that run of, what, 18 straight years in the Champions League, yeah. I think. But it's actually a fun little uh, little competition you to watch. You see some random teams that you never like. So, yeah, because Champions League's on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday, Thursday mornings here, and then Europa will be Friday. And, like, so it's when I'm waking up, and I'll just flick on the – Flick on the box and um, which that sounds terrible, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) and then I'll turn and then I'll turn on the TV and um, and uh, find a game and just you know you just see some and I saw some cracking Europa League games last year because you just turn on the TV and find the one that was tied two two with ten minutes to go and and just watch the rest of it and you'd see a great finish so um, yeah yeah and the same with Champions League too because we get to watch all the matches so you know especially group stages you just channel channel surf and watching them all so um yeah it'd be good it's it's funny because you know australia could be in the smaller smaller population again the rights do get bid out and um there's a phone company that got them last time so i, I naturally changed my phone provider to get the, co- the <laughs> access to it fair enough um, maybe i should do that with spectrum out here <laughs> but I yeah it's, it's I just, don't know. turner has the rights, so yeah. you just have to like Buy it through uh, Bleacher Report Live, and it's like a really good broadcast. But yeah, I remember Vince saying he bought some Liverpool matches that way too. So yeah, it's just it's fun. It's, it's the lucky thing of being in Australia, just because the rights just get bought by one company usually. So and luckily these ones these ones bought Champions League and Premier League, so it's just all in one for me. So um, well, and I don't know how you guys do like with monopolies over there, but we you know all of our cable and internet and all that stuff is kind of starting to become one big monopoly and yeah. there's nobody busted up anymore because there's no Theodore Roosevelt of the <laughs> world anymore. So. 
Yeah, no, it's all so it's all mainly one on one company for cable. But there is a couple of others coming around now. But yeah, it is. Um, there's the one cable company basically, and then this phone company just randomly bought the Premier League rights to try and start their own sports. But that's pretty much all they've got. But I've just got both of them, and that's it. <laughs> and between it, I pay all my phone. It comes with my phone plans. The Premier League, it's free with my phone plan. So that's essentially there you go. yeah. And then the the rest of my sports is just fifty bucks a month. So whatever. Perfect. And I get like with that, I get you know I've got Bundesliga, La Liga, Champ- EFL Championship, Syria, Scottish Premier League. So I, I get a fair bit of footy, which is good. As well as yeah, all, it's as a bit well more of a racket locals. over here. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, more uh, banting about for deals. I thought Fox used to do a really good job with it, um, at least with their coverages. So and like having multiple channels to watch multiple. And I guess Turner is trying to do that with like TBS and stuff, but yeah, Turner's really trying to like become a sports network, but it's kind of just bizarre between that. Like they have, they have the Champions League and Europa Cup and March Madness. Like that, those are their two things. It's kind of a weird collection of you know sports that they are trying to push on us. But yeah, well, I love, I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> that's essentially what this yeah Optus, which is the phone company here, they bought. Premier League, Champions League, and they randomly had some cricket as well. So it's kind of like they're trying to start their own, but it's not. They don't have too much, and I don't think they'll ever get too much more from the big ones. So, yeah. What kind of English Premier League coverage do you get over there? Like just like one game at a time? No, or every, get... every game we want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when NBC used and to then do we that. get them on demand for a few days after, like a week after as well. So you know, I'll go back and watch. Last year, luckily being a good year, I went back and watched plenty of them. Um. They'll upload yeah, like right. a after the game, two hours after the full game, we'll be up to watch again a three minutes highlight package and a twenty four minutes mini mini match package as well. So you can kind of, it's fucking brilliant actually. Like, I'm gonna miss yeah. that when I move back over there because, yeah, Australians are lucky with as long as you have the obviously capacity to access it, which is just you know at the moment it's just having an Optus phone plan, or you can pay fifteen bucks a month if you're not on that phone plan and just get it anyway. So, which is pretty good. Yeah, I don't know how much the gold plan is for NBC, but I just would hope that the bar I go to has it yeah. for season New Haven. Shouts. <laughs> My maiden voyage there for watching an Arsenal match was not good, but <laughs> it was a fun time anyway. There were a few, uh, there was a Firmino jersey there and a solid jersey, so yeah. amongst the riffraff, a few Liverpool fans. And then <laughs> I went and had a beer at the Liverpool bar once everybody cleared out. And bartenders made fun of me, but yeah, they were no. Friend, friendly banter. That's always good. That's they like, had an Arsenal scarf up in their bar, so I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they have a United one too, so we'll see. They might get a bit of spillover when it's just an Arsenal game and they're not no Liverpool involved or whatever. So you never know. I do the, the the American sports like the supporter clubs over there are great. Well, the big ones, you yeah. know, like it's just cool that New Haven, like the pubs are two blocks away from each other, and when the when Liverpool and Arsenal play, it's the Orange Street Derby. So. That's fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, like there was a couple. Actually, the girl was wearing the Firmino jersey, and the guy was wearing a Bird Camp uh, jersey, old school, Classic. sick. Yeah, yeah. But we were all making fun of him because, like, are we are you sure that's not like? Uh, I can't remember. I drank a little bit that day, <laughs> but we were just like, sure, that's not like a Suarez jersey from back in the day. Whatever. Um, but. Yeah, they watch the first half at the Arsenal bar and then watch the second half at the Liverpool bar. So well, that's diplomatic. That's relationship well. <laughs> goals right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. So it was pretty good turnout at the bar. 
Uh, yeah, probably like over 50 people. So. Yeah. Um, there's some pictures of like from the Europa League semifinal last year where like they're outside and there's probably like a hundred people there. So yeah, it just depends on the time of the game. Like it was the reason it was my first one is because we played at nine thirty and seven thirty, and I just don't feel like getting on the train that early. Yeah, <laughs> but I will now that I know how easy it is. How much? How many people come out? It's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool fan base. So yeah, and day drinking is fucking fun. So you know, there's that too. So. Especially when you're on the train, yeah. I yeah. don't necessarily remember the train ride back, but I do remember <laughs> the Florida Miami game though when I got home. So yeah. it all worked out. The snap. There's also a barcade on that uh, on that road, so it's a really dangerous strip for me. Yeah, that sounds that sounds horrific, horrifically fun and dangerous <laughs> all in one. I just drowned in, drowned in, drowned my sorrows in a uh, pinball. So. <laughs> Pinball and beer. <laughs> Pinball wizard. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess that about wraps that up. I don't know. Was there anything else you had on, on your mind? or? I mean, I um, think topics will come up as the seasons progress, but it, the seasons are so new right now. I mean, I think obviously when the MLS gets a little bit closer to the playoffs, we'll have a, a few more talking points on that. Yeah. I mean, but the biggest storyline right now is the Iron Front, and I'm sure there'll be some controversy and world soccer that we'll be talking about soon enough too but right yeah. now it's just off to a pretty pretty exciting start so yeah well, i mean that's it i mean the epl will be just a different storyline every week being that it's a title that's you know decided by your wins so um yeah we'll see where we're at and then hopefully a week or two when we do this again um you guys have got another big match this weekend so how, well i guess we can finish with that how do you think you'll go well at home against this tottenham side in the way that Arsenal's playing right now, I think they Arsenal should win. Mm-hmm. Um, close one, like two to one, three two, something like that. You know, I, we're gonna let in goals. It's our <laughs> back line is definitely not <laughs> David Luiz where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, still need to get Bellerin back. Um, once I mean, he's not the greatest defender for us, but he's super important on the wing, and his mm-hmm. speed is ob- obviously can catch up anybody on the counter and. Um, I don't know. I Spurs look a little out of sorts so far. Um, I watched a lot of that Newcastle game, and they just kind of look pathetic. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh, that's the impression I got from it too. It was um, yeah, especially Newcastle. Shockingly, Newcastle aren't in yeah. a good place now either. So it's a uh, yeah. Yeah, Arsenal already beat them. So, and I mean, it wasn't a great match, but yeah, they still beat them. Yeah. At Newcastle to start the season is not an easy match, you know, going up north. But um, I actually did take some positives away from. Uh, last week, you know, Arsenal had their chances against you guys. It yeah. Just, uh, you know, if Pepe scores that goal, it, maybe it's a little bit more respectable. Mm-hmm. Um, or if Abba puts that chip in, but I mean, Ceballos looked a little lost out there. But might have been a good te- like, might have been a good test for him though to just get get a feel for what a top Premier League side is. Yeah, he, he show went, him, yeah. show him what it's like in the league, and hopefully, like obviously. Liverpool's midfield is head and shoulders above Tottenham's at the moment. So hopefully Ceballos can find some, uh, and hopefully Ozil plays, I guess. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's been going on with that. I think he was sick again last week, but he also ha- didn't play in the first two matches because he like almost got robbed. So, um, he was dealing <laughs> yeah, with that. that. There's the safety. Concern. That was some unreal. That was bizarre. That was yeah. fucking unreal video. That, that was, uh, yeah. that was some. Um, Klasnash is a horrifying man. Yeah. <laughs> just trying to 
Like, he's the perfect protector for Ozil. Just, just not. Just, I guess that, like. Just not for your back line. The people that were trying to steal it, like, might have had mob ties. I think it might have been, like, a, I, that's what I heard, but that could just be the newspapers over there making a, you know, yeah. making a story. Yeah, it's a tough job to speculate on stuff like that with all the things that come out that conflict sometimes. It was a nice Benz. It was a, he has a nice Mercedes Benz. Yeah. So <laughs> could have got stolen, you know. But Siad's a a real man. He could probably play a linebacker for, you know, I don't know, the Browns or somebody. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not that good at soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I like him. That's what I was going to say. Better protect. You need a brute on your team. Yeah. You do, you know, it's the the Bash Brothers kind of thing. Yeah, Van yeah. Dyke's kind of like that for you guys, but like in a smoother way. Yeah, in a also could win the Ballon d'Or talent kind of way. <laughs> yeah, that you guys <laughs> fell into that one. Obviously, your scouting department did a great job and everything, but like you guys really nailed the nailed it on that one. Yeah, that, well, that was. That I wonder was how much you could sell them for. Not that you would, but I wonder how much you would go for now. At at this current moment in time, you'd be looking at a hundred, I would think, if you've spent seventy five on him. That's a huge profit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but not would ever do it. And I think they, and I think if someone actually came and asked for him and he was happy to stay, and they'd be saying, "Well, it's one hundred fifty mil minimum because he doesn't want to go, and we've got four year contract or whatever." So, yeah, um, I was going to ask one more question before. Oh yeah, do you think you get the Lacazette Pepe? Alba starting lineup this week. Does that happen yet? Or I, I feel, I feel so. like they were um, building towards that, that kind of similar kind yeah, of three three pong I mean, attack. But depends how you balance like, the side behind that. I like Emery, but man, he got just completely outclassed by Klopp and Liverpool in that match. Like, and the <clears> fact <throat> that Arsenal didn't put on Lacazette after the, um, that penalty after the second goal is all, something I'll never understand tactically. Mm. He. He, I didn't even know what he was trying to do. Kind of like you were talking about, um, he wanted to hit you on the counter and seed possession, basically. And it's like we're a possession team. Yeah. Like, it's part of how they build up. You know, your speed is obviously well. Liverpool's speed is obviously great, but so is Arsenal's. And I get the counter idea, but if it's not working, it's and I guess it did work a couple times. Our pressure in that in your final third kind of led to some half chances, but it just needed to change and he didn't change anything. And by the time you put Lacazette on, it was way too late. Yeah. But it was three, it was three nil by the time he came on, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. And when he came in, they scored. I mean, it was not, it was a trash goal, but it was a goal. Yeah, it's still, still a chance and a goal. Like, you know, it's, you, you make, you make your luck a little bit sometimes depending on how you play. Like that's where, Liverpool got a lot of goals last year in situations where people said, oh, Liverpool's just lucky, but you don't luck your way to 97 points. You play well and then get some luck on the way. That's kind of how United won all their titles, but begrudgingly, except the fact that they, I still think they, you know, you, it's kind of like the NBA or any other sport, you know, the good teams start getting more calls and get more more luck because they get to that position that, that just kind of comes with the territory of being at the top, so good position to be in finally because i haven't quite seen a liverpool team like this ever in my life so you know it's a nice yeah. place to be but um yeah i liked yeah. it more when you guys were not good <laughs> well i certainly got a lot more chat chat and lip from you um when back in those days so i've yeah. just kind of stopped doing that overall so it's just not it comes it comes back and bites you in the ass <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, as an Arsenal fan, not that I you never, were never bad. Not you just, known you just the had... Champions League, and now I do. Yeah. So 
I've been humbled. But. Yeah, I was just glad I was the first one of it because, you know, I, I kind of copped it all uh, at the start and it was a United fan saying it never happened to us. And, you know, it was you saying how many years in a row you'd been in the Champions League and now everyone's mm. getting to experience it and you kind of realise no one's no one's infallible and you've got to enjoy it while it's there because, you know, there'll be a time at some point, I'm sure that Liverpool won't be quite as good again because um, there is just that much money in the Premier League now and that many, that many teams trying to get to that point. Um, Klopp won't be there forever and those guys won't be there forever and someone will... Some manager will fuck it up at some point, and that's just the cyclical nature of football. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and Newcastle will get in the mix here pretty soon, I bet, since they just had a huge cash dump. Yeah, huge but then cash. it depends what they do with it. You've seen that many teams have huge cash dumps and do nothing with it because they don't have the... Mm-hmm. You know, City did it right, but it still took them a couple of years. You know, they, they spent yeah. some money for that a while was... without too many results until they actually started buying good players rather than <laughs> spending money on whatever they could throw it at. Flashy buys, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I think Newcastle has a, is a club with a history, so maybe. Yeah, they've know, got a, they've got a fan base. It's just um, there is there will be the the thing that <laughs> um trying to attract players to. I mean, Liverpool has it too. Them some players don't like to go anywhere but London if they're coming to England. Mm. Um, and Newcastle's an even harder sell, being up. It's a bit colder. You're going further north again, going to Newcastle. So, um, yeah, no, it'll be. Just be what it'll be. They'll get players, but it depends. Um, there's a lot. There's a big gap forming to the the top money of the league, and you know Liverpool. Yeah. You know Nike possibly coming on board. You know a lot of money. Oh, for real? That's they're yeah. they're pretty strongly rumored now that Nike will be doing a hundred million a season deal or something like that, which would be the biggest in the cool. world next to Barca, maybe I think. Something like what's that. this? What's uh, Liverpool sponsor right now? New Balance. Oh God! Yeah, you need to get rid of that. <laughs> They've actually put out like every kit the last three years has been really nice. Like they've gone to the deep red and kind of, and they've been just really nice kits. And I've got I've got a bunch of them and been happy with them. But Nike will have the better gear overall. Like for me being a Nike, oh yeah, I miss Arsenal being Nike. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to. It's not even the kits themselves. I'm looking forward to the Nike train, like the hoodies. I'm wearing yeah. a, I'm wearing a Patriots Nike hoodie right now. It's just the material and everything's comfortable. I'm just oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> It yeah, better, it better come off now because warm up Nike warm up jacket and it's like one of the best things personal yeah. I have. Like it's perfect. Yeah, but it's also when we were going maroon and yellow, which was my favorite season of mm-hmm. their uniforms. But we'll see. Plenty of Arsenal's actually gonna have four kits this year, so we'll see. Because the third one is trash, so hopefully the fourth one's good. <laughs> the, Adidas, the, the bruised banana or whatever they're calling it, it's a pretty class kit though. So. Yeah, I need to get one of those. I'm just trying to figure out who right now and yeah. waiting for the student one to hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I guess um, that's Probably about... shouldn't have said that on, on the podcast. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's part, of the, part of the, you know, the, I think they put entertainment budget in the student loan kind of stuff, so that's just part of it. Yeah, you... and I just sit around and play FIFA, so... Yeah, so that's your entertainment uh, budget. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there'll be bigger topics that we'll discuss as the season goes on. When once the, uh, you know, the hierarchy of the uh, table starts to get set a little bit more. But yeah, well, particularly right. once we, uh, I think the Champions League groups drop in a couple of weeks or soon. Um, once, once that'd the- be a good pod. Hey, train. <laughs> um, That's my entertainment budget, Quinnipiac. Yeah, <laughs> living next to a train station. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll um, yeah once the yeah we'll have champions. I mean after the qualifiers, probably we'll see some champions in groups soon. So yeah, there'll be more to talk about for you soon. So yeah, it was being good to get back onto it. So it's always hard with these big breaks we have in between because things work schedules change and you know, but now that you you're, you're a bit more settled and I'm, I'm pretty settled as well. So and sports are starting to heat up. You know, college football, football, soccer, um, MLB playoffs, which. We haven't even talked about even over two podcasts today, but I'm sure yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, we will have to do one <laughs> soon about that because I've, yeah, I've been watching a fair bit um, lately. So it's always the second half of the season I get a bit more into. You know, watch a bit of the stuff. The second half, you really start getting a bit more invested. Usually, it's yeah. a lot of games. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a slog. Um, yeah. Anyway, until next time, stay sports, Uh Flick the box with your stubby holder. <laughs>